episode 76 of the PA Turnpot is brought to you free by Anchor. On today's episode, we're going to preview the wildcard round in the MLB playoffs, predict winners for each series. We'll talk a little bit about last night's Thursday night football debacle. We're going to preview week five in the NFL, pick our winners, do our pick segment later on, four-minute scramble, and then finish things off with another draft. Five picks each, and we'll unveil that during the episode, or it'll be in the description when you read the description for the episode. But first, let's talk about Anchor. Baseball is back in Philly. This is episode 76 of the PA Turnpot. I am Rob, joined as always by Joel. How are you today, sir? I woke up with a cough, an annoying cough. I don't have, you know, the everything that's going on around back in two years ago, but... The thing that went on? Yeah, the thing that went on. <laughs> but uh, I'm in high spirits. It's playoff baseball, Red October, and we're both off. We're both going to be sitting and just watching baseball from 12 Eastern noon to basically, what, 10 p.m.? Basically 12 hours of baseball. And 31 p.m. I am excited. I can't wait. And great pitching matches as we discuss off air. But how are you doing today? I echo, I echo your sentiments, minus the uh, the cough. I do have a sore throat, though. Oof. And the boys are getting sick. Really flu. It's seasonal. It was it was cold the last few days. Now it's kind of nice. I got the window open here. so Dude, it was beautiful down here. 75 <clears throat> yesterday? Yeah. I did an oil change. I just worked on my car because the last few days has just been a monsoon over here. I got to cut the lawn at some point. Maybe that'll be today. Yeah. Well, it is. What, Actually, as no, you said. no, it's definitely not going to be today. It'll be, uh, it'll be Sunday. <laughs> no, I am, I am stoked. I, I, the thing I'm most excited about, not to um, spoil anything. What's up? Eagles Cardinals is Sunday at four. <sighs> Phillies don't play until eight. So no conflict there. And you rest assured, I'm switching the channel to the Phillies game when that game comes on. I don't care about the week five of the NFL season. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not going to miss a single second of Phillies baseball the next three days or the next two days, hopefully, and then the next five next week. But yeah, hopefully, it's not it's, a sweep. Because if it's three days, it's uh, nerve wracking. Nerve wracking. Might not have any fingernails by then. But uh, yeah, man, big episode today. Where would you like to begin? <sighs> Let's do the NHL. Um, I'm kidding. Gross. Uh, let's start with um, let's start with some positivity here. Yes. Um, how did you do in your preseason um, overs and unders on uh, FanDuel and DraftKings for the MLB? Because your boy cleaned up. <laughs> Benny is shaking his tail right now. He's not. He's joining me today because uh, the dogs can't be together right now. But um, he's joining me. He's got his tail wagging. He knows all that money from FanDuel is going towards treats. So. Yes. <laughs> um, I did not participate in the over unders like you did, but. I did win on two uh, Mahusiv bets. I had you, the Albert you Pujols. You cleaned up better than I did on those, actually. Yeah, because I put most of my money on Albert Pujols. Doubled it. Having 700, doubled that, and then Judge hitting 62 on that same day, on game two of the Texans series. I had that money. You picked the day, and and you had Judge uh, 62 just in general, too, right? Yes, that's yeah. that as well. So I cleaned up yes. pretty well. Other than that, didn't touch anything else. Let's, uh, let's take a second here. Yeah, um, you have a laundry list I see here. <laughs> I've never, I have not lost my fastball. <laughs> I don't know football. I don't know basketball. Evidently, I barely know hockey anymore. Baseball is my wheelhouse. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about the preseason overs and unders I took. Talk about it. 
So the two of them are midseason. Actually, three of them are midseason. Uh, Pujols over six ninety nine and a half, whacked it at plus nine twenty. Uh, Aaron Judge over sixty one and a half, whacked it at plus four forty. Uh, I actually bet Aaron Judge three days into the season to win MVP. It was fifteen and win three seventy five. <clears throat> Cashed it out because I got scared because I'm a wimp. But I took twenty bucks and put it back on him, so I got that going still. Now, at what point did you cash out? Was it a slump? It was Jul- it was middle of July, I think. Ooh. He a- he actually felt a second in the to odds, and, I st- and his um his cash out number went down. I said mm-hmm. if it got to two hundred, I would take it, and it never got two hundred. I was like, "Ooh, Tani's first now." Judge is kind of slumping. He's gone through like four or five games without a homer, and then he breaks the the fake record. So. <laughs> Cashed it out. Uh, Shohei Otani was due for a regression under 38 and a half home runs. He finished with 34. Boom. We need the family feud sound. Yeah, uh, right. When the Phillies signed Kyle Schwarber, their number on DraftKings was 84 and a half. I hit that. Bing. And then when they and then when they got Castellanos, it went up to 86 and a half on Fanduel, and I took that. Bing. Um, the Nationals under 69 and a half. They finished with 55 wins. Bing. Uh, the Reds under 73 and a half. They finished with 62. Uh, the Padres under 89 and a half. They lost the final game of the season to finish at 89. So, Bing. huge win. Dodgers over 99 and a half, uh, 111 for them. Bing. Yankees over 92 and a half. They finished at 99. Bing. Mariners over 83 and a half. They finished at 90. Bing. The Tigers, the biggest. I think I even said it at the time that they're, they're getting way overrated for the season. When I did for it sure. on our on the episode, mm-hmm. uh, 78 and a half. I took they took that and they finished at 66. Jesus. Now the A's, another bad team, sixty-seven and a half. They finished at sixty. Bing. And then my losers, because you, you can't just celebrate the wins. Now before um, you I, go, before we go into that, you are pretty good at picking out the bad teams, so it's no surprise yeah. that you smash on the the Reds, Padres. Well, Padres aren't a bad team, but the number was a little team. absurd. It was weird because the Padres kind of fell off toward the end last year, and that's what I was kind of anticipating happening this year because they were in the wild card race the entire time. And then right toward the end of the season, they just like fell out. Yeah. They were they were projected to win, I think, like ninety two at one point last, year, and they finished at like eighty six, I think. Mind it you, might have, might even be lower than that. Mind you, I'm not gonna. I'll just do a, a light passing drizzle of rain on your parade here, but that number eighty nine and a half, and you ended up with eighty nine. That's without Fernando Tatis, who's suspended. Yeah, I got so very God lucky knows with where that, that number. Yeah, because be. he was he was going to come back at some point, so they would have probably hit ninety four with him. But yeah, that's okay. all, also, we got to keep in mind they traded for Juan Soto midseason, and nobody was expecting that to happen. Yeah, I wonder if they would have still made the move if Fernando Tati. Well, he was coming back. I don't think it happened. I don't think he got suspended yet when they got um, Soto. I Damn. think they were waiting on it. Yeah, because everybody was so disappointed when they found it out because he was supposed to come back in like August and help him out. For sure. That really, that really does suck because that kind of hurts his. I know it's early, early in his career, but he's been phenomenal so far. That hurts his Hall of Fame ability, like his Hall of Fame resume. Honestly, yeah. Um, but again, that gonna... was just a passing little drizzle of rain on your brain. No, you're right. And they barely did it. They were on like a five-game winning streak at the end, and then they lost the final game. Um, I took the Cubs over 74 and a half. I didn't realize how close this was. They finished at 74. Wah, 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 <laughs> and the Angels at over 83 and a half because, Gross. you know, every year it's almost like a rite of passage. You have to do it. They finished uh, 73 and 89, which was pretty sad. And then I had Starling Marte of the Mets winning the stolen base award or leading the league in steals. He got hurt, but it didn't really impact him. John Birdie had 41, and Marte only had 18. So unless yes. he was going to steal 23 in, a, in the final game of the season, <laughs> I don't think that was going to happen. And then I still have two things that are undecided. Uh, Aaron Judge MVP, which is still open. I have another one. And then the Yankees to win the World Series, which 
probably unlikely, but I'm waiting for them to maybe win a playoff series, which bump my cash out to like 20 bucks or something. Maybe I'll do it. Now, now for the Yankees World Series, I see here five dollars to win forty-five dollars. Did you put this like very recently? Because that this seems was very, very low. This is early. Really? I think, well, that's like plus seven hundred or so. Um, I don't want forty-five dollars. Yeah, let me check real quick. I mean, it might have been like in the middle of like May. Probably on a win streak, probably when they were getting hot. Judge MVP. I took that on uh, July thirteenth. Is when I cashed out the other one. I put the money on the. Yeah, he's to win the World Series at plus eight hundred on May eleventh. It was only five bucks. Hmm. They were probably like second in the odds at that point. I think they're still second behind the um, the Dodgers. I mean, oh. <clears throat> yeah. I, I was seeing on TikTok, and we'll we'll move on. One of these teams in the divisional round that are just waiting for the wild card will fall to a wild card team. I, it I happens every it, year. I think it'll happen. But unfortunately, for most of the TikToks that I saw. The Yankees are the ones that are like, because they need to keep going. They can't just rest. You know what it is? It, it helps their lineup because Carpenter will be back. Stanton will get a little bit of time off. Judge, who played 55 straight games, will have some time off. Rizzo missed a bunch of time. It'll help them. LeMay, he was banged up. It'll help them in that regard. But the biggest question mark, and I think the biggest, I saw another TikTok last night, actually. You may have even seen it, too. Um, the player with the most approved this offseason without question in terms of legacy and performance and you know earning their money is Garrett Cole yes. from the Yankees because he has mm-hmm. a, a career 399 ERA in the playoffs. That's with the Pirates in 2015 where he got lit up by the Cubs in the one-game playoff. He was an Astro briefly for two years. They lost the World Series with him against the Nats. And then with the, uh, with the Yankees, he wasn't all that great against the Rays in 2020. And then last year got destroyed by the Red Sox in the wildcard game. So he's got a lot to prove this off- in this playoff. And there's question marks. I listen. I told you a thousand times. I listen to Michael K every day yeah. when he's on. Anyway, a lot of people are asking for Cortez to start Game One because Cortez actually led them in ERA and WAR. And I think you still go with Cole. You sign Cole to be that horse, and you're going to ride your horse until the wheels fall off. Cortez, I, I, if I'm them, and I know we're kind of getting sidetracked. If I'm the Yankees, and I'm not starting Garrett Cole in Game One of a playoff series, I'm not starting Cortez either. I'm starting Severino. Severino's got the most swing and miss stuff on that staff. And I think in a playoff game, throwing 99, 100 miles an hour, is going to do better than Cortez doing a shimmy every three pitches. <laughs> but I think they all equally get lit up, don't they? Because we were there for the Astros game. They only lost 2 1. So at Severino, the, the, the wheels fell off at different points during the season. But I, I still think you go Cole. Now, would you them, go but- Cole if you're down 0 1? Would you go Cole game two? To, say, to try to get a win? Say, you, like, if you didn't start Cole Game 1? Yeah, if you didn't start Cole Game 1 and you end up losing, you know, I don't know, extra innings, do you go Cole? Yeah. Or do you if, save him for Game 3, all chips are in? If he doesn't start Game 1, he's going Game 2. I think it's almost, but the weird thing is, it's like, and I heard this uh, on the radio yesterday too, I'm stealing this from somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like when you bench your quarterback and you go to your backup quarterback, yeah. even if you go back to the starter... It's not the same. So, I mean, if Cole gets moved out from game one, which I, I'm not endorsing, but if he gets moved from game one, you can't just – it's kind of hard in the middle of the playoffs to go back to him in a game one. Mm-hmm. Say they win the wild card in two games, Cole goes game two and pitches well, and they say, all right, well, the division series, we're just going to start – well, the wild card, they're not in it. But say they're in the division series, they win it in four games, and Cole pitches game two, and then they go to the ALCS. CS. They go, all right, well, Cole's going to be my game one starter. Well, it, it feels a little weird now. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, I mean, 
I understand it would be weird, but it would have happened, say, scheduling conflicts, right? That's what happened. What well, we talked about it, I think, last episode, where, the, like, in this wild card, right? If the Mets, for example, don't clean out, you would have Degrom probably starting game two because of he pitched game three in the wild card, so he wouldn't start off in the division series. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. So it would have happened anyway, but they're not in the division. So yeah, you're kind of you're right on that one. By the way, Degrom has a little bit of proof this um this playoff year as well, and somebody else who I think is kind of underappreciated right now in terms of um you know maybe having a chip on their shoulder, and I think it bodes not so great for the Mets is Blake Snell. The last time Blake Snell pitched in a playoff game was game six against the Dodgers in 2020, the World Series, when he had a no-hitter going through four innings, gave up a hit, and then got pulled, and then the Dodgers wound up beating yes. the, uh, the Rays that game. Yes. So if anybody's got a chip on their shoulder, it's going to be Blake Snell for game two tomorrow night in New York. Uh, granted, he's got the the tallest task of anybody going up against DeGrom, and he's a lefty going up against a very right-handed lineup. So, again, we'll, we'll preview that in uh, segment two, but... Uh, before we do that, let's, um, I guess, the peaks and valleys of the podcast. Peaks were the beginning. This is well, a valley. This might be the worst football game <laughs> I've ever watched. I'm glad you watched it. I completely just oh. crapped the bed and not even watching until the very end. So I'm going to knock down the fourth wall real quick. Um, anybody out there listening? Um, before the episode, Joel and I discussed whether or not we had W's and L's. I actually do have one W, and my one W is you for not having seen this. Um, <laughs> you didn't have to watch this slop fest i think on the um on the instagram description i called it the slop bowl um <laughs> colts and the broncos uh where would you like to begin um uh, at, the very end, at the very end <laughs> uh, next Honestly, week jacksonville <laughs> yeah we got, the, um, we got the commanders and the uh the bears next thursday so from well i didn't watch it so me starting off not good, <laughs> but... Congratulations. Uh, I don't know if that's a congratulation. Uh, yeah, I'll take it. Oh, your, um, your mental health is... I, I've never been less entertained. Let's put damn, it that way. it was that bad. I have watched <laughs> Iowa Northwestern. I've watched, like, Minnesota, Michigan in, like, the middle of snow. And it's, like, 13-10 at, like, the end of the game. And what are you looking at? Army-Navy games are usually pretty crap. And I sat through the Phillies rebuild, the Sixers rebuild, the Flyers rebuild, and the I guess the Eagles pseudo rebuild. This was the least entertained I've ever been watching a sport. God. Now, is that also not a shot, but is that also on the coverage? Including the commentary team? Because they also have to kinda they see what what we see, so they have to kinda, you know, make it somewhat entertaining or informative yeah. at the same time. Oh uh, well, well. Herb Street has seen numerous games like this in his, in his life because oh, he's, he's like, bro. <laughs> because Al Michaels for the last 10, 15 years has had the the luxury of having a flexing schedule with Sunday Night Football, where if you know it's Week Eleven and it's supposed to be you know Chiefs and or let's say it's going to be Colton Bengals and both teams are like four and nine, yeah, or whatever the, they can flex in you know Eagles Packers or something from the four o'clock window to the eight o'clock game. So Michaels isn't sitting there calling you know. Bogus, you know, you know, backup Tim Boyle facing, um, I don't Someone's know, someone's oh, has to go, you know, Smith like facing bad quarterback. Um, now <laughs> I said on Twitter last night, Billy Mays couldn't sell this game to somebody. Um, <laughs> Herb Street, who is usually very good at like hyping up stupid stuff, like look at that left tackle, he's uh, making an amazing block. That he couldn't even get excited for this game. And it, wow, the, the most excited and giddy I think I heard him all night was when he was talking about the fans leaving. But he was laughing at the Broncos fans that left after the field goal. At, in overtime? 
No, it was the field goal to send it to overtime. <laughs> fans wow. started leaving. It was 9 9, and the fans started leaving. <laughs> oh my God. Now, was it because the bum coach Hackett didn't go for it? So, this was when the Colts tied it, I think, late in the fourth, and then the fans left. Hackett at the end. Oh, so, well, the I guess Colts we can, tied it. Yeah, so we can fast forward to this. So, um, wow. it was, um, I can't remember the guy, Chase McLaughlin. And yes. uh, and Temple's finest, Brandon McManus, were the kickers in this game. Um, I tweeted out also the players of the game. My nominees for player of the game are both kickers and whoever operates the um, the little cart that takes the injured players to the back, um, because there were like also. six injuries during the game. Really? Yeah. Garrett oh, Bowles yeah. got hurt. Uh, Ronald Darby got hurt. Hines, I know, um, got hurt. Barron something or other got hurt. Hines got hurt. He had a, a Tua injury. Um, Jesus. Both had an ankle. Um, and then someone else got hurt too. Um, the viewers. Um, well, someone else that was important got hurt actually. Um, really? I forget who it was. Is it a Colts? I, I'm not going to. Oh, it was um, Nick Benito, the defensive end slash outside linebacker for the Broncos. Literally, like two plays after Herbstreit was just raving about how great he was playing. I didn't even realize he was in the NFL. Um, he made a couple of really nice plays, and then the next play is on the ground. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So this game had it everything. This, this game literally. Uh, before I let you go, uh, this game had bingo. Uh, you had a blocked. <laughs> you had a blocked field goal. You had a an, two interceptions in the red zone, one by each team. You had the uh, the, the concussion of the week. You had the Hackett bonehead decision of the week. So on the final play of the game, the Broncos line up like they're going to go for it. Colts called timeout. I did. I did see this part. I did see the overtime. It was lined up to go for it. Yes. Broncos called timeout. All that, I'm like, all right, they're going to kick it. I'm texting with my buddy Joe. I'm like, all right, they're going to kick it. That's fine. Uh, this will be fun. And they, they freaking go for it. And they, they Wilson made a nice play. He kind of extended the play. But then he did the dumbest thing possible, and that was test Stephon Gilmore <laughs> against a young receiver. And Gilmore just reached out with his hand, made an incredible play, and knocked it down. Now, did you? I was on the phone with my, my coworker at the time when we were watching this live. Yeah. You poor bastards. Did you catch? Well, he was, he got off of work and he just got home and watched it. And I was like, oh, all right. And then you were texting me. So I was like, all right, I might as well just tune in now. It's in overtime. I saw this in real time. I'm on the phone with him and I'm catching this in real time. I don't know the Broncos wide out except for Jerry, Judy, and Sutton. But number one, which is Hallmer, I believe now. Oh, uh, KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler, excuse me. He was on the far right of the field. I saw it in real time. The moment it snapped, it was a rub route. He cut onto the inside. He was wide open, Rob. On the final play? On the final play, he was wide open. The moment he cut to the left, it was a rub route. He was open, 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 in the end zone, waving his hands open. Russell buys time, and he throws it to, I believe, Sutton. But guess what? The player behind Sutton was Hamler or Hamler. And he, that's why he was the most frustrated one on the field. Is that, banging is that his why helmet. he was banging it? Okay. Because there was a quote, I think it was Jason Palmer got like an interview or got a quote from him saying, I didn't hear anything of my coach said in the post-game speech because he was still on the field trying to process everything. And he said he could have walked into the end zone. It was that wide open. Wide open. I caught it the moment snapping. I was like, number one, number Uh, one. That's all I kept screaming on the phone. Yeah, he was wide open over the middle. And I saw that from sitting on my couch. And I saw that. Uh, And for some reason, Wilson just... Beanline, he just kept his focus on Sutton well, and just threw it in traffic, which is craziness. It's okay. If you're a Broncos fan, if Wilson doesn't figure it out this year, at least you have 2023 
2027, and 2028 for him to figure it out. Yeah, plenty of time. He's due $54 million next year. Yeah, I, I'll take that back. It shouldn't be that hard. I mean, there's plenty of time. He's just young. He's He'll he'll, he'll eventually get in there. Uh, uh, do you think Hackett will be a one and done this year? I was speaking <laughs> that also with my coworker. I think... I think they'll give him a fair shake because it's a new system, it's a new quarterback, yada, 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 and he was there before Russell. So I don't think this was Russell's... I mean, this wasn't no, his I, first I don't, pick. I don't, I don't think... I mean, it, it makes sense that he would... <clears throat> excuse me. It makes sense that he that you want to marry coach quarterback because the teams always do that. I think yeah. Hackett was Hackett was there before Wilson, wasn't he? That's what I'm saying. I think he was yeah, there before. Cause, because when they got Wilson, Hackett was at the, uh, the press conference. Yes. Um, and I think that it's going to be... A t- tumultuous season but John Elway will keep him but I'm telling you if they go one and three one and four two and two next se- next season he's done he's done because the expectations are way too high this season already yeah you can chalk it off as a first year kind of like getting through the the hurdles but if you struggle again next year same what you see this year yeah he's done next year so one and a half if that I- if they underwhelm and he continues to look like a, a stunad, then I think it's by what I, by I, I think I think he's done this year. I think they just dismiss him at the end of the season. It's weird because they they let go of Vic Fangio, who I thought was a really good coordinator. He was good. good enough to be a head coach. Now Hackett, I saw another thing yesterday on the internet. Um, might have been either Twitter or TikTok. Hackett and Wilson don't really have that like that alpha energy. They're both like very calm. Wilson's over there doing the TikToks. The They're both cringe. And then you watch Hackett's um, like mic'd up moments with the Packers, and he's like, he's like goofing off. And I'm like, I, I understand that. Like, let's use um, like Sirianni as an example. I know he's kind of goofy sometimes, but like yeah. when he needs to be stern, he's like, hey, look at this. this is a team that we got to, you know, blah, 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 blah. Hackett doesn't strike me as somebody that could command a room. He seems like your goofy uncle. I mean, he seems like a nice guy. Get me yeah. wrong, but he seems like your goofy uncle. Like, why would you want to play for a guy like that? Hamler is over there, you know, banging his helmet on the ground. How are Hackett or Wilson supposed to go over there and console him and kind of fire him back up? No, I got goofball God lover over here, and then I got the bald dude that looks like um, let's go Kurt Angle over here. And <laughs> Don't do that to Kurt Angle. True, um, <laughs> but like, yeah, like how how are they supposed to command a room? And it's no, it's no. There's no doubt in my mind that all the Legion of Boom guys hate Wilson because they were alphas and they were legit. They were football players, and Wilson is a, I don't know, a pastor in a football uniform. Like it's weird. So, like I said, I think I said this in a previous episode, but people are saying that Russell Wilson is a method actor trying to play quarterback in the league. He's cringe. He's just you see right through it. It's just all around horrible. I did see something on TikTok for Hackett when he was with the Green Bay. Or no, actually it was in Denver this offseason. In the preseason, excuse me. There was two players that got into an altercation. The way he resolved it was forcing them to hug it out. In yeah, front they had of to hug it out. Anytime there was a, um, an issue in training camp. <laughs> what? No football player wants to do that. You imagine if he was the coach of the Golden State Warriors. Hey, Draymond. Hey, Poole. Hug it out. I just got punch- sucker punch into the wall. I'm not Draymond hugging would, you. Draymond would punch him. Um, so <laughs> I guess uh, we'll... You want to, I guess, touch touch on the numbers here. Nothing super. Well, you know, prior prior to that, yeah, go ahead, I didn't yeah. see the game. Yeah, I saw from Twitter and from what you said and from what the little I saw with my coworker. Really more four bullets and points. Four oh, bullets please, and points. Please go. Kickers shine again for the second week this season because I think there was one week where it was just kickers galore and every other game was just like kicker century. Yeah, 
Because we're kick, making and missing the biggest kicks. So if you had any of these kickers in your uh, fantasy, you're probably already starting off the week hot. Hackett is out of his league coaching. What's funny is I have McManus in like three leagues. Awesome. <laughs> but he only kicked three field goals. And he missed the crucial one. Uh, he had one blocked. This was a, yeah. Uh, this is a universal slot fest. And my last note, Nick Foles was trending during the game. Started Wilson in one of my leagues. Because they were expecting Matt Ryan getting pulled for Nick Foles. The uh, fireman Joe texted me. It's weird that he did this. He texted me. He said, who's um, who's Matt Ryan's backup? I need to know. And I had to look it up. I was like, oh, it's Foles. <laughs> and then my mom texted me like five minutes later. Twitter wants Foles in the game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, let's do a quick stats here. For the Colts, Matt Ryan, 26 of 41, 251 yards, zero touchdowns, but two picks. Oh, we got 10 points from McManus. We're cool. Awesome. Uh, Hines, as we mentioned, injured after the very first carry, probably. He was one for three, like one carry, three yards. Uh, Taylor was out, too, so they were they were scraping the bottom of the barrel. Oh, yeah. He got concussion. He looked very scary. He looked like he was yeah. on very well. That looked bad. I'm glad FanDuel refunded all the people that bet on him like they did with Tua. At least they're kind of – or DraftKings, I'm sorry, dude. Not, not fan. FanDuel doesn't do shit. Yeah, Fandles is trash. Um, he was out of the game. So Deion Jackson, if you had him on your fantasy, 13 carries, 62 yards. And then Philip Lindsay returning to Denver, 11 carries, 40 yards. So respectable, oh, split the carries. This, um, this I don't mean to cut you off, but this, this yeah. I'm going to piggyback on that with, um, I'm going to kind of relate this to Miles Sanders in, to, in a way, because I don't really have any other time during the episode to talk about this. Miles Sanders is a free agent this year. Uh, the Colts, really? yeah. So people want to pay him. I'm never in favor of giving a running back a second contract unless he's special like a Barkley or an Elliott or guys like that who even they look like they're going to fall off halfway through the career. Deion Jackson, I'd never heard of in my entire life. I went to middle school with a guy named Deion Jackson, but it's definitely not him. I've never heard of this guy. Lindsey has been one out of the league for basically the last couple of years. He was a Texan and a, and a Dolphin last year but didn't really play. This goes to show you, I mean, they had pretty good numbers, 13 carries, 62 yards, 11 for 40. You, you can pretty much plug and play at running back. Yeah. You need so, someone uh, who can also catch the ball. Well, they probably did catch the ball. I didn't have those stats in front of me. Well, I mean, it looks like not many people caught the ball last night. So <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But, um, like, this goes to show that yeah. running back is a pretty much a plug-and-play position. I don't want to diminish, like, the Emmett Smiths of the world, guys like that. You can't plug-and-play somebody to, you know, come in for them. But you don't need a franchise running back. Like, the Jaguars taking Fournette fourth overall. Uh, the Cowboys taking Elliott in the top five. Um, Barkley going second. Use the your Caffrey. picks on someone else. Find a Sanders was a second round pick. I think Lindsey was undrafted. Aaron Jones was like a fifth round pick. You can find good running backs late. Um, just to uh, touch on this, Jackson four catches, twenty nine yards. Lindsey three catches, fourteen yards. So, and still, like you, it makes your point even better. You can plug and play these guys who can catch and run the ball. On the other team, uh, Javante Williams was out, and uh, Mike Boone had a pretty good game. Russell Wilson ran the ball a couple of times. They got some guy named Washington carry it once for nine yards. Melvin Gordon. Uh, Gordon played pretty well. Not too great on the average, but he played pretty well. You could, you can, as long as you have a running back that knows how to hit the hole and can break some tackles and make somebody miss, you're fine. I mean, Boston Scott could probably start for the Eagles at this point. And also, and obviously, an offensive line that can kind of create those holes and you know. And that, that's the biggest part. You're only as good as your offensive line. I mean, look, they Demarco Murray when he was with the Cowboys. I don't mean to get sidetracked, but he was the Cowboys. It he was, was like, just a beast. The offensive line opened things up for him. He had five all pros on the line with him. And then he was Derrick Henry, basically. 
Then he comes here and he stinks because he doesn't have the same offensive line. So one and done. And then he went to Tennessee, but they had a great offensive line. And then he, they opened up holes for him. and He was great there. Honestly, um, let me see what else is here. Um, the wideouts for the Colts: uh, Alec Pierce, eight receptions, eighty-one yards. Pittman Jr. Five, yeah, right. <laughs> five receptions, uh, fifty-nine yards. I did see everywhere. Everybody was in love with Mo Ali Cox, the tight end for the. Colts. I think he had two receptions, so yeah. if you picked him up and started him, I feel for you. For the Broncos, Cringe Wilson, 21-39, 274 yards, zero touchdowns, also two picks. Melvin Gordon, 15 carries, 54 yards. And the receivers, I just have Cortland Sutton with five receptions, 74 yards. Everybody else basically had three to two or one reception. And then the start of the game, McLaughlin, McLaughlin, 4-4, 52 yard was his longest for the Colts and the game winner. And then McManus, three or four, 45 yards, he missed badly. But, uh, yeah, that is your stats for the Denver Colts game. Thrilling game for me because I didn't watch any. I only watched yeah. it all the time. Well, I'm not being hyperbolic when I say this was the worst football game I think I've ever watched. Well, there, there, hold, hold your coffee game. because next week you have a doozy. Oh, well, I'm taking the over in that game. The only other game that I can remember not being entertained by, uh, mm-hmm. at least recently – was the um, the Super Bowl between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers? Like that game just sucked. Like when I don't he know. Was running for his life. Yeah, when Mahomes was running for his life, and I think Gronk had a touchdown, scored two touchdowns. Oh, we got um. I remember also what was it? Den- oh, Denver. Fuck the Colts. Yeah, no, Denver versus Panthers, where Cam got, Newton was just looking crazy out there. We have some lineups. Oh, uh, for baseball. Yes, uh, I got the Cardinals lineup, the Mariners lineup, the Jays lineup, and the Guardians lineup. Oh, I got a lot of lineups, actually. All right, let's hold off on that real quick. Yes. Let's just finish this off. Uh, next week for each team, Indy will host Jacksonville. That should be a good matchup. See if Jacksonville is for real. Maybe they can take you know a grip on this division. And then, Rob, I don't know if this was the Russell Wilson effect, but Denver is in another primetime slot next week. They will be on the road in Los Angeles to face the Chargers on Monday night football. So they have three more games where they're the only team playing, like the only game on, because they have one London game, a Monday and a Sunday night. Do you flex them out? Or so the, because the Sunday game you can. You can't do it on Monday or, or 9 a.m. in London. Well, London, no, because that's... Uh, yeah, London, and Monday night's the same thing where you can't... Now, really? in the future, um, I don't know if... In the future... <laughs> Benny's like crying at the door. In the no. future, with um, with the way that uh, ESPN and ABC now have uh, Monday night's games, they're going to allow for flex scheduling next year and the year following. So beautiful. possibly you'll get that opportunity to do that in the future. Hopefully this is like the last time we'll see a stinker of a, a primetime game because I can't, for the life of me, and now I didn't see this, of course. I didn't see this game, but I can't for the life of me go sit through another game where I can't imagine you sitting through another Monday night football or another Thursday night football but this is the only show in town when they could have flexed it out for something better. And yeah. you could kind of fl- swap. I mean, you're still going to get the same effect, but Sunday night with Monday night, but you're still going to get the same effect. A crappy yeah, team it's is still there. the same thing. I think fewer people watch Monday night, but I think Sunday night is just, you watch football all day, you can sit there and watch another one. Well, you've been waiting all night. All day waiting for all, it, so. all day for Sunday night, yep. Um, uh, next week, Commanders <laughs> at Chicago. So I actually don't hate this. I know people hate on crap teams playing against crap teams, but I think this will be a good game, like entertaining wise. I like so I like good team versus good team. 
is good and then bad team versus bad team is good. It's when it's good team versus bad team. That's when things are kind of sideways. A little bit, yeah. I, I kind of like the Commanders and Bears game. I think it'll be fun. Speaking of the Commanders, and we'll move on to the, the postseason, uh, postseason picks for the wildcard round, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention, I think you were the one that told me, Commanders football at Hogs Haven, which is like SB Nation's official Twitter account, tweeted, yeah. God, this game is like watching the Commanders play each other. I thought that was the tweet of the night last night. It was epic. And and I think, I think, and Rob can probably, we'll, we'll touch on it later in the show for the picks for the Commanders, but Heineken might be playing in Chicago. He might be the starter, but uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there for sure. And next on the docket, the MLB postseason picks. We have a wild card round. All coverage will be on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN2. And boy, oh boy, Friday, October 6th, no, October 7th, 2022, we have a mahoosive list of wild card matchups. We have Tampa versus Guardians, Phillies versus Cards, Mariners versus Blue Jays, and then you cap it with Padres versus Mets. What a doozy. Do you agree with the uh, the sequence of scheduling where the Mets and the Padres are the primetime game? Do I agree with it? Yeah, I like it. Okay. I, I think you have to. That That's the best matchup. And also, for traveling sakes, San Diego <laughs> flew across the country, gave them some rest. You're right. Yeah, that's a good point. And for them, it would be, what, eight, five o'clock start if it was West yeah, Coast? Yeah, so it's, it's not super. They did have a day off yesterday. So, yeah. And they lost the previous game. I don't know if they rested anybody, but now Seattle going to Toronto is not exactly a. Uh, it's not exactly an odyssey, but it's it's pretty close to what. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. To do. That's why they're they're probably later as well. Yeah, that makes it. That would be a one p.m. game. I didn't take into account the uh, the travel for the scheduling here. Yeah, but we have uh, we have some phenomenal pitching matches. I have some lineups here too. Yeah, um, let's read them up. When we get to the specific games, now the Phillies still haven't even put out their playoff roster yet, which is exciting to find out whether Brad Hand and Mundo Sosa are on the team. Um, so Sosa, Falter, Syndergaard. Oh, Nick Nelson is not on the – so I'm, I'm actually getting, getting this in real time. Um, this is 11-20. So uh, Mundo Sosa and Brad Hand are on the roster. Falter, Syndergaard, and Gibson are. Nick Nelson is not. Oh, really? We were kind of in the um, in the ballpark. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um of the Phillies playoff roster, but oh, here we go. I got the roster here. Uh, Alvarado, Falter, Hand, Suarez, uh, Bilotti, Brogdon, Dominguez, Eflin, Gibson, Nola, Robertson, Syndergaard, Wheeler, uh, Real Muto, and Stubbs, Boehm, Hoskins, Maton, Segura, Sosa, Stott, Castellanos, Harper, Marsh, Schwarber, Veerling. So no haul. Wow. I don't like, like that. They, they're keeping 13. They're going straight 13, 13. So 13 pitchers, 13 position players. I don't like that. I don't know whose spot. I don't know whose spot he would take, though, unless you'd keep Gibson off. I would have um, kept Gibson off. But no, you'd be 13. Go. Phillies literally just tweeted. I, I got it from Zach Gelb a moment, moment ago. But uh, the Phillies just tweeted their 26-man uh, roster. Uh, I think I would have left off Maton. But then he provides he serves a purpose, uh, yeah. utility for outfield and infield for sure. Um. Well, we'll just jump right into it. 
it's currently 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time. So in about 30 minutes time, at least 30 to 35 minutes time, we we'll have the first pitch for Whoa. Cleveland hosting the Tampa Bay Rays. What's up? Got a lineup, and it's it's different. For the Phillies? Yeah. All right, we'll get to it. Wow, okay. Yeah, these are coming out in real time, so I guess awesome. we'll get to them when we get to each. So do you have the lineups for Tampa, the number fifth seed, on the road to Cleveland, the number four seed against the so, Guardians. Let's Winner get faces the Yankees. Let's go with the tail of the tape first. Um, yes. Cleveland at Tampa, so the Guardians are favored to win the series, of course. Mm. Uh, they're minus 120 today, five and a half on the, uh, the over-under, which is very low total. Shane Bieber gets the go for um, gets the ball for the Cleveland. Yeah, it was a two eight eighty RA this season. Uh, he takes on Shane McClanahan with two five four from Tampa. So tail of the tape here. Cleveland uh, sixth in batting average in the regular season two fifty four. The Rays were seventeenth at two thirty nine on base three sixteen for the Cleveland. Did I say Indians or did I say Guardians? We'll just who, keep going. <laughs> who cares? Twelfth in uh, baseball three hundred nine for the Rays twentieth. Cleveland had the 15th most runs at 698. The Rays actually finished 21st with 666. Both teams were bottom five in home runs, 127 for Cleveland. That's 29th, 139 for Tampa, 25. Slugging percentage was in the bottom 10. However, the pitching is phenomenal. So Cleveland had the fifth best ERA by a staff, 346. Tampa fourth at 341. Batting average against 230 for Cleveland. That's sixth, 232 for Tampa. That's eighth. Um, and then their whip, 116 for Cleveland, that's fifth. 115 for Tampa, that's fourth. Uh, the weather is cloudy, but no rain on the forecast. This will be on ESPN. I'm excited. Uh, Book Shabby, Doug Glanville, and Jesse Rogers have the, uh, the game. Let's take a look at the lineups in this one. So the Tampa Bay Rays lineup, Yandy Diaz, Wander Franco, Randy Arozarena, Harold Ramirez, G-Man Choi, Manuel Margot, Christian Bethancourt, Tyler Wall- Taylor Walls, and Jose Siri. So the bottom of that lineup is pretty rough. Yikes. From Bethancourt, Walls, and Siri. And then the Guardians go with Stephen Kwan, who had a really good year. Med Rosario, who was the main piece in the Francisco Lindor trade. Jose Ramirez, the most underrated player in sports. Um, Oscar Gonzalez, Josh Naylor, Owen Miller, Andres Jimenez, who was in the, uh, I think he was in the Lindor trade too. Austin Hedges and Miles Straw. So bottom of both those lineups, pretty lousy, but this is going to be a pitching first series. Um, I'm very excited to see what happens in there. Who do you think wins that series ultimately? So I'll read off the pitching matchups actually for you. So it's Beaver McClanahan today. Tomorrow, I believe, is Glassnow and McKenzie. Yep, Tyler Glassnow and Tristan McKenzie game two. And then should there be a game three, let's take a look at the line. At the, um, that'll be 4 o'clock on Sunday. We get Corey Kluber facing his former team and Cal Quantrill making his first playoff start. Give me the Rays. Those teams are usually pesky when they're in the playoffs. You can't rule them ever out. Yeah. I mean, just like you just said, they just lit up Cole not too long ago in the playoffs. So, And McClanahan is probably the A side of that pitching duel versus Bieber. I Personally. He's not pitched uh, all that great in the playoffs. Mm. He got hit hard by the Yankees a few years ago. And um, Give me the raise. The 2020 year where he was really good, he was facing only the NL Central and the AL Central that whole year, which were probably the two worst divisions in sports. Um, yeah, I, I Cleveland is red hot going into the playoffs. 
I think if you're a Yankees fan, you're praying Cleveland wins this series because the Yankees <laughs> hit um, Bieber a couple of years ago in 2020, and the Rays play the Yankees very well, and the Yankees strike out a ton. Yeah. I'm going game one. I'm going to go Cleveland. I just think they're going to win game one, which makes me think Cleveland wins the series. So give me, give me the guardians. I don't know. Something tells me the Rays have some clutch hitting. Yandy Diaz had, I think two home runs in the wild card game in 2019. Mm-hmm. A Rosa came, you know, came to light in 2020. They have a good team, but it's, if you're going pitching versus pitching, give me give me Cleveland all day long. I mean, Emmanuel Classe at the end of the game is going to shorten that game. They have a lot in that bullpen. And Cleveland, I think their lineup is pretty underrated. Mm, yeah, I'll say I'll say Tampa wins today and they win the series in three. Then they'll drop two. Weird thing is anybody that wins game one, I think, should win game two. Honestly, you think you think if you win the first one, you should win the second one. Now, are all three games in the same location, or do they bounce back? Yeah, they're all in the same place. Oh yeah, so that's part of the um, the like the home field advantage of getting the higher seed. So all three games are in Cleveland, and they're three days in a row, unless there's a rain issue, which I think well, I haven't seen anything on it online about any rain issues, but you know, yeah, it is. What it is. Next one, Rob. The big one for us, the Philadelphia Phillies, led by Rod Thompson, the sixth seed, on the road in St. Louis against the Cardinals, the three seed. It's a 2.07 start, which is a little under, what, two hours from now? Two, one, three hours, a little under three hours. The winner okay. faces Atlanta. So they are on ESPN2 today. Uh, the Phillies are actually favored at minus 110. Uh, the cards are minus 106, so it's basically a pick em. Phillies are minus one and a half, though, on the run line. This game and this series will be called by our friend of the show, Michael K., Alex Rodriguez, and then Alden Gonzalez, who I don't know. Um, is that the Schwarber jersey or the Castellanos jersey you got on today? Castellanos. A lot of people like a breakout from him. Let me give you the tail of the tape for these teams. I'm telling you, he's um, going to hit a salami of a home run. I think if um, – I'll give you my prediction in a second. So the um, the Phillies finished with one point higher in batting average than the Cardinals, 253 to 252, good for eighth and tenth respectively. Cardinals 325 on base was fourth in the majors. Phillies 317 is ninth. Uh, the Cards scored 772 runs. That's fifth in the majors. Phillies 747 finished them seventh. Phillies were sixth in home runs at 205, and the Cards were 197 that put them ninth. Uh, slugging percentage just two points um, separating the two teams. Phillies at 422 that was sixth. 420 plays it for the Cardinals with seventh. ERA 379 for um, St. Louis at 10th, 17th for the Phils at 397. Batting average against the Phils were at 245, Cardinals 247th. They were back to back 16th and 17th, respectively. And then the whip also right in the middle, 14th and 15th, 126 and 127 with the Phils getting the edge there. Um, 207 Friday, 837 Saturday. 837 tentatively on Sunday, unless one of the other series ends early and the Phillies and Cards will move up. Partly cloudy with a high of 76, a low of 50 today in St. Louis. Uh, so good day for baseball. I'm looking forward to it. Let me give you the lineups real quick. Yeah. So game one for the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, cool. J.P. Crawford, sorry, for the Mariners. Um, <laughs> Lars Newtbar in right field leads off. Albert Pujols, the DH, bat second. 
Paul Goldschmidt at first base bats third. Nolan Arenado at third baseman bats fourth. Brendan Donovan, second base bats fifth. Dylan Carlson in center field bats sixth. Corey Dickerson, former Philly, bats seventh and left. Yadier Molina catches and bats eighth. Tommy Edmund, the shortstop, hits ninth. Starting pitcher is Jose Quintana, who had a sub-three ERA while with the Cardinals this year. Um, over the course of the actual season, excuse me, course of the full season, he had 293 ERA at a 201 with the cards this year. So pretty good uh, season for Quintana, top to bottom. And then the Phillies will go with Zach Wheeler making his first ever playoff start. He had a 282 ERA. He missed a little bit of time, had six fewer starts than he did last year, but actually had pretty similar numbers to last year. His whip was only .03 higher, and his ERA was only four points higher as well in about 60 fewer innings. Going to be good. Hmm. Let me see. Give you the Phillies lineup now. Now this is a little bit surprising. It's not. Yeah, that Cardinals is not a bad lineup right there. No, they're, they're a good hitting team. Um, yeah. And they Pass they game. hit left. They hit lefties too, which is going to be concerning for Game Three. Now here's the lineup for the Phillies. Kyle Schwarber in left field leads off. Reese Hoskins bats second at first base. JT Real Muto is going to bat Ooh. third and catch. Bryce Harper DHs and hits fourth. Nick Castellanos in right bats fifth. Uh, Alec Bohm hits sixth at third. Gene Segura bats seventh at second base. Bryson Stott, the shortstop, hits eighth. And Matt Veerling gets to start in center field, batting ninth. So Veerling gets the start over Marsh. Castellanos moves up a spot. Harper moves down, and Bohm moves down two spots, while Ramuto moves up from four to three. So nothing super earth-shattering, but a little different. Hmm. I don't know, man. I don't like Ramuto in the three spot. Harper's not hitting at all right now, and he doesn't hit Quintana, so I don't have any issue with it. I would prefer to have Romuto three versus Bohm. I know Bohm is more of a slap hitter, but Romuto is more of a run producer, so okay. I'm cool with it. And he's also not a strikeout threat at three as much of, as Harper is, and it helps you to split up the lefties a little bit. There's only three lefties in the lineup. They're at one, four, and, and eight. So, And if we get late in the game, you could see um, Sosa hit from, um, for Stott off a left-handed pitcher. And you could see Marsh come in for Veerling at some point. The thing that, um, the one point I will make about not keeping Hall is I don't think Gibson has any role this series at all, unless things go sideways early in a game. So yeah. keeping Hall made sense because mid game, if you want to maybe pinch hit him for Stodd or Veerling or, or somebody or Castellanos or whatever, you have a pinch hitter, but he looked overmatched when he faced Verlander the other night. So I don't know if he would even be a, a threat in this series. He's also with the team, so I think there's a chance we see him in the division series, depending on how you know some of the guys do. Would he be able to pitch an inning or two if, say, game game two is a closeout or game two is a survival or game three? Just to put him in there, you know. Is Gibson? Yeah. I, I don't see. I don't see any reason to have him. They left Nick Nelson off the roster, uh, which I thought served more of a purpose than Gibson, and even Syndergaard. I don't know what he's going to do this series, but. Not the one making the decisions. I would keep Hall over Gibson and probably Nelson over Syndergaard, but I, I'm fine with what they've done. I'm just glad Sosa's back, and I'm glad Hand is back because those are two big pieces you need in that lineup or on that team, I guess. Uh, third matchup, Seattle Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays. Blue Jays are the three seed in the AL. Mariners are the six. Winner takes on the Astros. Yikes. Toronto is minus 135 on Friday. Um, I'll give you the tail of the tape in a second. Pitching matchup is phenomenal. Oh, by the way, for the Phillies and um, and Cardinals, game game one is Quintana Wheeler. Game two is Nola Michaelis. There's no game three starter for the Cards yet. 
Uh, Ranger Suarez goes for the Phils. I think based on what happens today and tomorrow, they will make a decision on the Game 3 starter. So if Quintana kind of shuts him down, I think you'll see Montgomery Game 3. And if um, if Quintana gets hit hard, but, um, but Michaelis looks good, I think you'll see uh, Wainwright or uh, Flaherty Game 3. It's my guess. Um, mm. Next series, Seattle-Toronto. We have an amazing pitching matchup today. Uh, Luis Castillo gets the ball for Seattle, and Alec Manoa goes for Toronto. Game two is Robbie. I'm sorry, is um, is Logan Gilbert and Kevin Gosman. Game three is, um, I believe, Robbie Ray and Ross Stripling. So, interesting there. <clears throat> oh, did you Elden. mention the commentating yeah, for the Phils? Oh yeah, it's Michael Kay and Alex Rodriguez. Yes. Um, now the tail of the tape here is going to be pretty, um, pretty different. Uh, the Blue Jays led Major League Baseball in batting average at 264. Seattle 230 was 26th. On base percentage, 329 for Toronto was third, 14th for Seattle at 315. 775 to 690 in the runs scored, fourth and 18th. Home runs, 200 for uh, Toronto, that was seventh, 197 for Seattle, that was ninth. Slugging percentage, third for Toronto, 431, 390 for Seattle at 14th. 387 ERA for Toronto, 359 for Seattle, that was uh, 14th and 8th. Batting average against 17th and 10th, 247 and 235. And whip, 11 in Major League Baseball, 123 for Toronto, 119 for Seattle. That was seventh. Um, they're playing indoors, so it doesn't matter what the weather's like. Yeah, right. be a fun series. Um, I think we have lineups for them. I don't think we have lineups for the late game, but um, Mariners are going with Julio Rodriguez leading off in center. Ty France, the first baseman, hitting seven, second. Eugenio Suarez, the third baseman, hits third. That's good. He was injured a few weeks ago, so it's good that he's back. Cal Raleigh, the catcher, cleans up. Mitch Hanniger in right field, one of my favorite players. He bats fifth. Carlos Santana, former Philly friend of the show, bats sixth, DHing. Jared Kelnick, who was the main piece in the Cano trade, bats seventh and left. Adam Frazier, the second baseman, hits eighth, should be a Philly. And JP Crawford, <laughs> the former Philly, bats ninth. So there's a lot of reasons to like um, Seattle. Yeah. Uh, the, the Jays lineup is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, George Springer leads off in center. Bo Bichette hits second at short. Um, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at third, uh, bats third at first base. Alejandro Kirk, the catcher, cleans up. Teoscar Hernandez, one of the most underrated players in baseball, hits fourth and right. Uh, hits fifth, I'm sorry. Uh, Matt Chapman, the third baseman, hits sixth. Rymel Tapia in left hits seventh. Danny Jansen, backup catcher to the DH, hits eighth. Whit Merrifield has been um, kind of underwhelming for them, bat ninth at second base. We don't have a lineup for the Mets and uh, Padres, but that is the uh, the nightcap tonight. Oh, I'm sorry, who do you like in the Philly series? Oh, um, I don't Phillies. think we chose. Phillies. Phillies in two. Sweep it. There's three. Let uh, go. Give me the Phillies. Fuck it. Let's Even if they don't win, I'm not picking the cards. You kidding me? Yeah, right. And then Chase Mariners. Who do you like in that series? I wanted to pick the Mariners. I do like the Cinderella underdog story, but that bloody Jays team is just. Jays pitching is ridiculous. Mariners pitching is not exactly bad. But um, by the way, Dave Fleming, Jess Mendoza, Tim Kirkchen, and Cole Harvey are the. Um, the announcers for the Mariners and Jays. I like Timmy. Yeah, Kirkton's good. He's a nerd, but he, he loves baseball, so I can't. I'm never going to bash him. <laughs> He's like who, me. Who do you like? You like the Blue Jays? I'm going Jays, yeah. Yeah. They're home. I think that just kind of separates them. Seattle is is playing with house money. They're talking about a team playing with house money. It's them. They're the only team that had a longer drought than Philly. Yeah, right. So, so far, we're just differing on the Rays and Guardians. You have the Rays and that's hers? Yeah. Yeah, they know how to win. You like the Jays as well? Yeah. Uh, Rays, right. Jays, and Phillies. And the main event, the Mets and Padres. 
Uh, they get the they get the main crew: Carl Ravage, Eddie Perez, David Cohn, and Busteroni. Uh, this is going to be phenomenal. The pitching matchups in this series are just stupid. You Darvish and Max Scherzer on uh, Friday night. Saturday is Jacob Degrom and Blake Snell, and then Sunday is Joe Musgrove and Chris Bassett. Um, just you could not, you couldn't have picked two better teams to face each other in the first round, aside from maybe Phillies Mets. Um, but I'm kind of tired of playing the NL East, so I'm glad we get some good matchups here. No teams that are playing each other in this um, in this round are in the same division as each other, which is fun. That's good. I like it when you get teams that don't normally, you know, face each other a ton. Uh, Padres Mets is a phenomenal series. Um, the Mets were second in batting average, 259. Um, San Diego was 15th at 241. The Mets were second in OBP at 332. Uh, San Diego eighth at 318. Runs scored 772 to 705 for the Mets, fifth and 13th respectively. Home runs 171 and 153 in favor of the Mets, 15th and 21st respectively. Slugging percentage 412 to 382, eighth and 22nd in favor of New York. And then pitching ERA 357 to 381, 7th and 11th in favor of New York, respectively. Yes. 236 batting average against the 232. The Padres have the edge there, 8th and 11th. And then whip 118 for New York, 120 for San Diego, 6th and 9th, nice, respectively. Uh, the weather tonight in New York, partly cloudy, um, probably the same as it is here. So good weather. That place is going to be bumping in City Field. 100%. They, they love their Metropolitans. They were bumping for the game we were at. They're bumping for a real game. This is going to be it. That'll be fun, man. Yeah. I would imagine the lineups are going to be pretty much what they have been recently. Nimmo, Lindor, Alonzo, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, Cronenworth, Soto, Machado, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That I will be literally glued to the television. It's going to be a great series. I hope it goes three. It's a shame we don't get longer series for this because all these matchups are fun. Guardians and Rays is a great matchup. I actually so, like it short sure like this because it makes yeah. every moment critical. Like if a, yeah. if, if pitcher is getting dinged early, you better make a decision. Either I yeah. keep ride with him or I make a switch now. If I view it this way, at least it's not a one game playoff for any of these. Oh games. yeah, for sure. I would hate that. You were yeah, all this all is year expanded. For that. This is the expanded one game playoff. Essentially, it's a three game thing. I'm, I'm I'm thrilled. I love all of the matches. I know that um that Guardians and Rage is kind of boring, but at least it's in Cleveland, not inside. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, at uh, the drop, yeah. Cards Phillies is pretty fun. You got a couple. So the the everything kind of comes full circle with Cardinals and Phillies. Um, you know the the Cardinals big three: Yadier Molina, Adam Wainwright, and Albert Pujols. Wayno didn't pitch that series. I don't think anyway. I think he was hurt. They put the Phillies out of their misery. They ended the Phillies' core 2011. Mm-hmm. Phillies have a chance to do that to them, and that trio's you know long twenty year dominance. Baseball and, works in mysterious ways. And today is October seventh, two thousand twenty two. Eleven years to the day that the Phillies last played a playoff game. The the night uh, Ryan Howard hit a ground ball to second base, and getting out of the box tore his Achilles, and that was probably one of the top three most dramatic things I've ever seen in my life. Were you in attendance? There, Raul Lapanias hit a ball to the warning track, and I think the seventh inning that we all thought was gone. Oh, no. Game announcer Dick Stockton Damn. thought it was gone. Fuck. The first game of that series, I, the first game of that 2011 series, Ryan Howard hit that three-run homer off Kyle Loesch. Mm-hmm. That was one of the loudest moments I've ever been a part of. <laughs> Kyle Loesch, man, he was a power hitter at times. <laughs> Kyle Loesch, former Philly. Yeah. So, who do you like in the Mets Padres series? Dude, this is a fuck. 
This is an effing tough. The knockdown drag out series right here. This is gonna be fun. Give me the Mets because they have the most approved and the most pressure. They have the better pitching. And the better pitching. But dude, tonight, do not sleep on you, Darvish. I think he will he will hold his own. I think it's gonna be like a one nothing game going into the eighth. I'm surprised night. he left. The last time I saw him, he was a Texan. I think that's when he started as a Texan. And he got I'm traded from Houston sent him to uh the Dodgers in 2017. And that was when we kind of – I'm sorry, not Houston. No, Texas sent him to the Dodgers that year. That's when we realized the Astros were cheating because Darvish got lit up, and he was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm doing. And then he got – he was a Cub briefly, and now he's a uh, Padre. So I think it's going to be – I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with the Padres to win game two. I don't know. I, I'm just not sold on DeGrom right now. He he didn't look great his last couple outings. I'm gonna go Mets tonight. I think Scherzer comes out and delivers, but I think Darvish is right there with him most of the way. But he just gets he gives up a squeaker in like the third or fourth inning, and it's one nothing mm. going into the eighth. Diaz comes in and does his thing. Game two, give me Blake Snell to shut down the Mets. I am I'm big on Blake Snell right now. I know he had a, a lousy season last year for the Padres, and this year yeah. hasn't been a whole lot better. But he is a big game guy, and he is pitching with a chip on his massive shoulder. So give me the give me the Padres game two, and then you know what. Give me San Diego game three. Joe Musgrove is, wow. a, from, is a stud, and I think he's better than Chris Bassett. Um, would you like to predict any home runs for any of these games today, just out of fun? <laughs> Guardians Rays. I couldn't name a player on either team for the first matchup, so I'll skip that. So let's go with uh, Evan Longoria. <laughs> is he still in the league? He's on the Giants now. He was one of the 15 old guys on the Giants last year that probably took steroids. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with – give me – for the Rays series, give me a home run by Josh Naylor for the Cleveland Guardians. What a name. Great name. That's why I'm going with him. <laughs> Naylor from deep. At least cards. Now, I know what you want to say here. Arnado. Uh, Here's the first pitch of the game, and it's hit to the stratosphere by Kyle Schwarber. Schwarber. A Schwarber. Now, now Michael K. doing the game, is he going to give us the uh, the authentic, there we go, see ya, or is it going to be high fly ball that's gone? Is he going to use his – is he going to do the shtick? If it's a big moment home run, he's going to do the shtick. If it's just like he's a, you know. Second inning, uh, Romuto off of uh, – Like if the Phillies – Runner on first. Let's just say if one if one team's up by several runs and that team continues to hit and score and, they, and it happens to be a home run, it's just going to be – and there it goes, another high fly ball to left field and expletive Then A-Rod talks up. about how the guy should have bunted instead. Um, oh I don't, I'm like really excited about all of these games. I'm give gonna go, me yeah, Schwarber. Go give me the big three: Schwarber, Cassianos, and Harper. Not today. Wait, you want today, right? Give me um, Harper for today. Give me Schwarber. You know who I'm feeling, and I don't know how to explain why. I'm feeling a big series out of JT Real Muto. <sighs> He's been red hot lately. Our boy Cassianos. I like him today. You know who I think is going to get a big knock in this series? And Stop. it's going to come at a weird time. Is It's either Stott or Sosa. And, oh, you know, and you know who I think is going to come up big? Oh. I know I'm kind of naming a bunch of fills. And I, <laughs> but Because I, Arenado and, and Goldschmidt, by the way, have really bad numbers off Nola and, um, and Wheeler lifetime. So th- I think they're like 17 for like 91 or something like that. Like it's not that great. Um, I'll find the exact stat in a moment for you. But you know who I think, and part of it for me with Real Muto and this guy is because they haven't played in the playoffs before. Give me a Gene Segura series where he hits like 350 and just like comes up with a big knock in a big time. 
I feel like he doesn't play well in the cold. Like he's bundled up. Like like J Roll, when J Roll played in the postseason, he would be bundled up like a mofo, but he could hit clutch hits. So yeah, I can see him hitting clutch hits for sure. Yeah. And running and bringing some runners. Yeah, man. Give me for give me Schwarber. A Schwarber. The NL lead, right? Uh NL leader in home runs. Just give me that one. Just kick it off right. So Goldschmidt and Arenado are 16 for 72 off of Nola and Wheeler with zero home runs. Harper hasn't been in the postseason, right? Uh, he has with the he hasn't hit well, but he he was there plenty of times with the uh, the Nats. Nets. I know he's feeling it, but he's he feels like he plays with a lot of pressure. Castellanos never been in it, I don't think. He was Schwarber on the, is Cubs. the veteran. So Castellanos was on the Cubs in 2019. He got oh, traded yeah. at the deadline. Ah, I know Schwarber has experience for sure, so he'll Schwarber, be the veteran on that Schwarber's one. Schwarber's not scared at the moment, my friend. He hit a bomb last year off Cole in the, in the uh, one game playoff against uh, with Boston. Yeah, and before that, he had a, he had a bomb off Cole with the Cubs playing against the Pirates in the first inning of uh, of the wild card game 2015. And he had a big hit, missed the entire season with a torn meniscus in 2016, had a big hit in the, in the World Series against the Indians. So Schwarber's not scared of the moment. Whether or not he's not going to strike out 50 times, we'll find out. <laughs> but Schwarber's not scared of the moment. And facing the lefty today, I don't love his chances. I'm going to say if anybody hits a homer today, it'll be Reese Hoskins. He's I been just, quiet. He's love, consistently love, quiet. Love me some Reese. Um, and any homers in the Mets Padres game? I know it's weird because I, oh, I think, dude. I think it'll match be up. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be one nothing. If it is a home run, it's just like one mistake, and it's probably a uh, beefy boy Pete Alonso smacking one out to left. I'm gonna go with. Um, I, we don't have a lineup yet, but how about the Burger Boy? Give me Daniel Vogelbach. Hit one hey, into the baby, stratosphere. Baby, <laughs> watching Bob's Burgers. So I'm, I like the Padres in that series, but I like Dude, the Mets tonight. That pitcher, when they're celebrating, I guess, I don't know what they were celebrating back then because they didn't win the division. Where's the playoff spot? <laughs> and he's just he's ordering DoorDash on his phone. Honestly, in the background. That was hilarious. <laughs> so I'm admittedly, I'm looking more forward to the to the baseball than the football, but let's oh, yeah, do the football sure. picks for the week. I'm That's fired right. up. You're fired up. It's fuck the Cardinals week in Philly. Let's go. Uh, London, 9.30 a.m. We get the 3-1 and one Giants against the 3-1 and one Packers. Who would have thunk it? If I told you both teams were 3-1, and one, you'd think Eli Manning or, um, or uh, Phil Simms were still – is it Phil Simms or uh, – Phil Simms or quarterback in the Giants. Uh, Green Bay is minus or eight. Or Kurt Warner. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay minus eight. <laughs> minus eight. None of us will be awake for this, thankfully. Now, these um, numbers – could change because this is yeah. you know, Friday let me, morning. Let me take it. Yeah, well, these are all updated then. Um, so this is just for, the, for us, for the podcast, when we do our picks and the TTP later on. Let's go. Um, so 3-1 and one Giants at 3-1. and one, Well, in quotations, at that's a good call by you. At the Packers, 3-1 and one Green Bay. Minus 8, over under 41.5. Or 41, I'm sorry. Battle of 3-1 and one teams that could be division leaders by the end of the week, depending on what happens with the Eagles game. Now, I was doing... The rest of the picks, did you know, Rob? Eagles, well, obviously, you know, Eagles 4-0. Giants 3-1. Cowboys 3-1. Was it been sneaky good, my friend? Oof. All this three division. of those Cooper Rush. And People, Washington, Washington's what, 2-2? Two 1-3. And two? One and uh, one and they're still not out of it. I mean, they could win be, this week. Yeah. If they win the next two, they win this week. And they beat the People Bears clown this division, the NFC least. Garbage. At one point, what? We got in the playoffs at 8-8-1. Eight, eight Eight, eight and eight, something like that, and we hosted a playoff game. Like, my friend, 
This division is, and they haven't faced each other really too much early in the season. So this could be big. This could be big. But uh, for this one, who do you got? I feel like the easy answer here is the Packers, and I'm not going to overthink it. So give me the pack. Give me the Giants, brother. Packers, we thought was a wash. You gave that same response when it was versus the Patriots, and they barely won that game in overtime with Zappy, a third-string quarterback. That's an excellent point. And damn, Daniel, bootleg running, two rushing touchdowns last week? Come on now. Packers don't have anybody on wideout. If you can score, you got to keep pace with the Packers. That's it. And keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, of course. But yeah, give me the give me the Giants. So you got the backers. All right. Boom. I'll be updating. Sorry, I'm, I'm just conveying my thoughts to my buddies. I'm, I'm fucking excited, man. One of my favorite days of the year is the first day of the MLB playoffs when all four games are happening at the same time, mm-hmm. on the same day anyway, and you got a lot to watch, and sometimes you get a little overlap. But I'm excited. Um, also, the sports equinox, man. You got NBA preseason revving up. NHL is probably winding down on the preseason. NFL is week five. And the MLB playoff. And yeah, let's get, not remiss, MLS. Yeah. The playoffs yeah, MLS. have started tomorrow with the union. The union number one seed, right? Yes. So, I mean, this are, is a big week. Are they home or are they going to buy? I think they're at home. I think they're at home. I, don't think I think they already had a buy. But hear me out. If you put $4.64... On a parlay for the Flyers to have the worst record in the NHL, the Eagles to win uh, the Super Bowl, the Sixers to win the Super Bowl, the Union to win the uh, or the Sixers can't win the Super Bowl actually. <laughs> I was going to say that's going to be a massive one. <laughs> Phillies to win, yeah, the Phillies to win the World Series and the uh, the Union to win the MLS Cup. Four sixty four wins you nine hundred ninety nine thousand dollars. Fanduel won't let you bet more because you can't win more than a million on there. So, <laughs> <laughs> give me that. I'll take second that. game. Second game of this uh, the slate. This is a. Uh, I'll give you my thoughts on this in a second. The yeah. one and three Pittsburgh Steelers headed to the three and one Buffalo Bills. Bills are minus fourteen. The over under is forty six and a half. Um, Kenny Pickett is expected to start for Pittsburgh. Not the best spot for him. Sixty three percent of the time since two thousand four, when the spread is nine and a half or more, the under hits. So, I may have my total of the week here. Um, who do you like to win the game? I, I we I don't know. It feels like a this, foregone conclusion. <laughs> I feel like this is a trap. This could be a trap because picking brings a dynamic offense, more life. He can run it better. I don't. I want to go with the Bills, but that fourteen looks crazy. That he threw three picks and they were all tipped. And yeah, granted, one, one was the- one was a hail mary into the end zone. Yeah, the first one was Claypool not making a play on the ball. He was 6-4 against a 5-9 corner. And yeah. then the third one was the Hail Marys. I don't hold that against him. And the third one was, I believe, tipped over the middle, right? Second one, yeah. Their second, second one, I'm was... sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't... Give me the bills, but at 14, I might take the points on that. Plus the 14 for, well. the, for the Steelers. 14 is a lot to give up. Um, I, I think the bills blow them out, though. <laughs> right, this one this one looks good on paper, and I think it'll actually look good on the TV screen too. The 2-2 two and two Los Angeles Chargers, it feels so weird to say that still, taking on the 2-2 two and two Cleveland Browns. Chargers minus 2.5 on the road, 47.5. Do you think the Chargers need to win more than the Browns do, or do you think it's vice versa? I think the Chargers do. I mean, 
you have to beat these teams. Their division's open. Chiefs aren't. They can't stop anyone. The Chiefs. They can score, but they can't stop anybody. I want to talk about the most overhyped thing in the NFL this season was the AFC West. <sighs> we didn't expect the the the, um, the Raiders to start zero and three. Didn't expect the Broncos to be this bad, but still, Chiefs don't look the same. Chargers are banged up. I mean, are the Raiders good or bad? I don't know. I can ask that question about every like, fourteen teams. Honestly. And then the Broncos look lost. So Broncos look shook out there. The East is low key the best division in football right now. <laughs> Honestly. Um I'm not, I'm not I know the Chargers are better, but I'm not sold on them beating the Browns here. Browns are it's a tough defense and it's a tough place to play. And Jacoby Brissett hasn't been bad. Fuck. Give me Chargers begrudgingly. It's because of one. when it comes down to it quarterback very weird one in terms of the way all of the games look this week yeah i'm gonna have to fade that i'm gonna go with the browns i don't know this is my first hunch of the week oh I, I just like cleveland man i just think when that when the game gets physical and the, the ball needs to be pounded on the ground nobody's better than cleveland at that nick That's chubb yeah. if nick chubb um uh the what's the kareem hunt they, they have a good you know running back room there uh, next up, we got the Bears and the Vikings. Two and two for Chicago. Three and one for Minnesota. Minnesota's minus seven and a half. The over-under is 44. Do you, do you consider this a trap, or are the Vikings not good enough to be considered a trap game? The, uh, every week, is the Vikings are a Fugazi team or an actual team? Are they good or bad, yeah. Because the Bears, at one point, were three and one. Or no, two and one, excuse me. Two one, yeah. Yeah, they played the Giants last week in the battle of teams to find out who would be three and one. Yeah, um, and barely, barely lost that one. What game that was? In Minnesota, so I'll take the Vikings. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm with you here. I'm going to go with the Vikings. Next and, game. And I'm before sorry. before that, these picks are very, very crucial because we are tied in the stands. <laughs> we tied overall, or just tied in the game picks? Game picks. Ooh, that's. We are I've been doing tired. poorly, so that, that says that says not so much about us right now. So I had a bad week. <laughs> I've had three bad weeks. We went ten so, and six last week. None of my locks hit until the first until the fourth week. Uh, so the Patricia Bowl, the <laughs> one and three Detroit Lions who lead the league in points scored, take on the one and three what? The one and three has that ever happened? The one and three New England Patriots. Uh, New England is minus three. The over under forty five and a half. Bailey Zappi will start if. Uh, Mac Jones is unable to play. The third quarterback, the emergency quarterback for this week, would be Jacoby Myers if he's actually healthy. So, weird spot. Dude, a team that has recently been in a historic losing franchise in the Lions versus an historic winning team in the Patriots are both one and three. And I honestly no don't sense. know. And I honestly don't know who to pick. I'm going to go with the Lions. Pick. Yeah. But my God. The Patriots can just blow the doors off the lines because every week we don't know what the Patriots are. The thing that I want to pick the Lions here, but I think a full week of preparation for Bailey Zappi will make them exactly. a little bit more effective. I'm going to go with see, the Lions are scoring points. Just they the can't stop other be, teams from scoring. Yeah, we saw that shootout at home with the Seahawks. I was sold on the Lions, but then I kind of talked myself into the Pats here. Give me the Pats. 
crazy is every week we differ on like five picks and we still end up only being one <laughs> one apart. <laughs> uh, next up, the two and two Seattle Seahawks, the one and three New Orleans Saints. New Orleans minus five and a half, over under 46 and a half. Um, the Seahawks won the battle of the century last week, 48-45 against the Lions. Saints coming off a a loss in London to the Vikings. Um, so who do you like for this one? Is this the RGGRG for the Saints, or are we going to fade that? This has to be the RGGRG for the Saints. One in four in a division that could be open because the Bucks are a shell of themselves. And obviously the Tom Brady news, like his personal news is out there. It's just that Bucks team just are hanging on by a thread. Atlanta is looking like they're surging. All of a sudden, the Panthers are just... Oh, I mean, we'll get to it in a minute, but... They look like a college team. So, I don't know what's going on. That division, it could be for theirs, but James Winston is just not that good, man. If if he doesn't play, Dalton will play. Dalton didn't look all that great last week either. I mean, this is a weird matchup. Gino and Taysom Hill is not a quarterback, so... And, and Gino Smith has played pretty well, so... Give me, I'm not going to complicate it too much. Just give me the Saints at home. With the Saints, too, I think this is a good chance for them to bounce back. Uh, next up, the 3-1 and one Miami Dolphins, the 2-2 two and two New York Jets. Miami minus 3.5 with Teddy two gloves and the over under 46. So Bridgewater gets to start for Miami in the first game ever since the uh, the devastating ankle injury to Tua Tagovailoa, um, or at least so they said. Um, the Jets looking pretty good. They beat the Steelers on the road last week. I mean, this is an interesting spot. I mean, the, the Jets didn't look too bad against the Bengals. They got their doors blown off of them, but they looked really good against the uh, Steelers last week. And the Dolphins looked pretty good and almost beat the um, beat the Bengals last week. So this, this might be a more entertaining game than we might think. No. Nah, Dolphins lost to the Bengals. Yeah, they almost beat them last week is what I mean. They, uh, were, yeah, they were in the game the whole time. Yeah, with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, do you do you agree it's a trap game? Trap game? Um definitely a bad spot for Miami. Give me the Jets. I, I think that's my hunch. I am like I, if anything, I'm very confident in the Jets. Crazy is I'm I'm not I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I'm pretty confident in the Jets in general right now. Wilson looked pretty good last week. Um, with that said, I'm still going to take the Dolphins. I just think they're a better team, and I like the coach a lot better. Um, so I'm going to stick with the Dolphins here. I think it's a scheduled loss. One of those trap game losses. Like, all right. Back-to-back losses. Let's see how we deal with adversity. You want to talk about next game? Oof, Atlanta versus Tom Brady. Does Atlanta get their revenge on Brady? Two and two Falcons, two and two Bucks, nine and a half for Tampa, 46 and a half total. Um, this is a chance, honest to God, for the Falcons to take over the division. And three straight wins. Never would have seen this coming. Three straight wins, yeah. And they would have won on the road against the Rams, but it was a close game, but they lost it. So we could be talking about a four and two or four and one uh, team oh. here. What the fudge? Uh, Mariota. Uh. It's in Tampa, though. Give me the Falcons. I'm riding with the underdogs. I'm going for it. Um, 
Give me Tampa. I, I just don't see how they lose this game. With Tampa too. No, I'm going Falcons. Right. Fun week. We're on the opposite side on a lot of these. This one, I don't know how to read this one. The two and two Titans had to uh, land over Maryland, take on the one and three Commanders. Tennessee minus one and a half, over under forty three. Are the Titans kind of getting back into it? They won the last two games, beat the Colts and the Raiders, um, and the Commanders haven't won since the first week of the season. And Carson Wentz has looked worse and worse each week. So, uh, this is a weird one. I don't know who to pick here, but I, I have a feeling I know who I want. I'm going to do something that's very unprecedented in this podcast journey. That we've this is on. a tough one because it's Tannehill and Wentz. Malik so Willis versus <laughs> Heineken. <laughs> um, give me a tie. Give me a tie. I do. I hate both of these teams. I can't stand them. No, it's just out of principle you're gonna go with a tie. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with. You know what's crazy is I was thinking the same thing. Like you would probably do the same thing if it was Eagles versus Panthers because you love both teams. You have an infinity over the Panthers. You probably bleed blue. <laughs> yeah, you wear red. red. It's not a good thing. <laughs> In green. Um, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with tie. Tens. Uh, give me Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, I love that you just predicted a tie. Well, I, I had a, a tie prediction week one, then I against it was the uh, <laughs> was it the Browns and the something or others, Colton Indy Colton. Oh, I think it was the Vikings. It was the Vikings and the Packers. <laughs> um, the Texans at 0-3 and one. Um, they must have lost in a shootout. No, they take on, yeah, take they on lost. the the uh, <laughs> so the uh, Texans uh, the only winless team in football taking on the Jags at two and two. Now this is a stinky line, dude. Jags minus seven over under forty three and a half. Now you you and I are on the same page here. You you said is this a trap game with the line? I think it's more of a stinker. Um, what do you like here? Jags. Not even gonna complicate it. They play hard, but I don't think it's their time to win yet, the Texans. I'm taking the points, but I'm gonna go with the Jags. Mm. I think they'll cover that. Oh, yeah, uh, then we, sure. we go to the 4 o'clock window where naturally there are fewer and fewer games every week. Um, <laughs> the 2-2 two and two 49ers, the 1-3 and three Panthers, San Francisco minus 6.5. This is the lowest total of the week, 39. Niners look good, but, I mean, the Rams are basically their little brother, so. Yeah. Could be a letdown game after that big win. At home. Sunday night football, I believe. Or Monday night, whatever. No, Sunday night, obviously. Right? Monday, Monday. night. Monday, yeah. Sunday was the eleven ten game. Short week. Ah, uh, give me forty. Oh, give me 49ers because yeah, me too. Doing. Me too. The Panthers <gasps> suck. Give me Panthers then. <laughs> give me Panthers. The three and one Cowboys at the two and two Rams. Rams minus five and a half. Forty two and a half. This is a no brainer. Um, I think so too. I think this is a blowout. The Rams. No, I have the Cowboys. You got the Rams? Rams? I got the Rams big. The Rams. The same Rams that we've seen all season that have been just struggling. That's the get right game for the Rams. (laughs) If anyone is, that's what it is. But remember, three and one Dallas. Come on now. All right. All right. This is actually, this is my biggest trap game of the week. 4-0 Four and yeah. Eagles at the two and two Cardinals. Eagles minus five over under forty nine. 
Zach Ertz is next in line for the Grim Reaper. We've seen it go Deuce Staley, Jalen Rager, Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson. Zach Ertz is next. Where is he? <laughs> oh, this is a good point by your Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 trailer. Is this actually a thing? It launched. I, I oh, had okay. to Google it, and it launched like eight hours, 12 hours ago. Tyler and Kingsbury. This is weird. Uh, this is like the weirdest thing because the coach and quarterback hate each other. Give me Eagles. By three. They're barely winning this game. Slim game, too. I, I The thing is, if I look at the schedule, I'm not going to find a loss for a little while. There's always a trap game loss, though. I'll call it right now. They'll lose to the Steelers. Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be a menace. You'll learn the Cardinals this week. You got the cards? Yeah, I, I don't want to pick them. They don't pick them. Goals. Just can't you, pick it. I don't want to pick the Cardinals. I think that I think the Cardinals are going to win, but I'm picking the Eagles. You picking the Eagles? All right. One time. Sunday night football. We have a couple of good ones here. Bengals two and two. Ravens two and two. Winner of this takes over the division. Baltimore minus three forty eight the total. Give me Ravens at home. Give me Ravens. Uh, last year they got blown out by the Bengals twice by two or more touchdowns. I'm going to yeah. go Ravens. Um, and then the Monday night game is the one and three Raiders at the three and one Chiefs. Um, they played a couple of good games last year against each other. KC is laying seven in this one, and the over under fifty one. There's big lines this week. Yeah. Um. Oh, but uh, yeah, never mind. Could this be a trap? Mm. I've been going just all over the place this season, this week, so I want to go Raiders. <laughs> Might as well finish off strong this way. I'm just going to go with the Chiefs. I like the Raiders, but I'm just going to pick the Chiefs. There's no shortage of... uh, Of differences. Of dogs for me. There's no shortage of stupid decisions for me. I'm going to try to stay as chalk as I can this week. (laughs) Um, So the trust the picks. We've still not figured out what the P should stand for. Uh, Trust the plays, trust the picks, trust the podcast. Um, How about we just trust our friends? Um, So we're going to go with a lock. (laughs) which is just the team that we know is going to win. A dog, which is our favorite underdog of the week to win. Uh, the points, and then a total. So um, we're tied overall, right? Yeah. So I'm going to suggest we alternate then. I will kick it off with my lock. Um, I, I anticipate you will have the same. Uh, I will go with the Buffalo Bills to defeat the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a good one. That is a good one. My lock <laughs> was the same, but I will change it to fudge. Give me damn a lock. Not give me the bills. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see on there. You get to go first for the dog. Okay. Which uh, you you have plenty to choose from now. Yeah, Lions. Yeah, I like that one too, but I'm not going to pick them. Uh, dog. Well, I'm telling you, so if you can't find one, I'll switch. Cleveland. 
Okay. Uh, points. My points of the week. Um, I'm going to go Houston plus seven. Plus seven? And that's just a stinky line to me. It was between that and the Cardinals. So Texans plus seven, right? Okay. Um, I have Cowboys plus five and a half. But I do think that the Rams blow them out. But if if it's a close game, I think they keep. It. Well, it's that's a that's not a prime time game, is it? Mm, that's the uh, the oh, it's a late window game. But that's it. Yeah, while we're at it, you have the first pick for the over under. I'm going to find the announcing schedule. Uh, easy. Under thirty nine points, San Fran, Carolina. Panthers can't score, and San Fran's just coming off a big win. They're just going to be and the kickers galore. Might as well end it how you started off the week, kickers. Would you like to take a guess who has the Eagles? Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, Kenny Albert's here. Oh, the, the only person worse, Chris Myers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It, they must not think the Eagles are for real. Um, I, <laughs> my total. Let's go Eagles Cardinals over 48 and a half. Locked. All right. I'm cool with it. Card announcing schedule. I think they already have the. Yeah. So, yeah. It's confirmed. Uh, Michael K., Alex Rodriguez, Alden Gonzalez, ESPN Radio. Don't know these people. We got an ESPN Deportes crew too. Marcelo Canto and Ethan Benezra. We have nine differing picks. These will be off by one total. Nine differing picks, Rob. It actually stays the same for each game. All right. Nine differences, and plus we're four different on three different on the uh, the final segment. Yeah. All right. Um, four minutes scramble time. Two topics. Two topics today. Let me see. Um, let me get the stopper. And away we go. Here we go. Rachel Nichols finally spoke on Showtime's All the Smoke podcast with hosts Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson about her infamous ESPN departure. She announced that she is part of the podcast team. Did you catch any of it? And if so, what are your thoughts on her story? And does the narrative change for Nichols, who was painted as a racist? Um, I did catch it. She has been silent through the entire time with, uh, forgive me, the young lady's name, that she, her colleague that she was going up against, but uh, she lost the hosting job because ESPN was going through some pressure and it was the whole George Floyd issue that was going on. But did you catch any of the podcast? I caught the the story. I didn't catch the entire thing, but I caught the like there was like a six minute video of her talking about it. Yeah, the podcast is literally like short, twenty eight minutes at least. But yeah, I mean, it's gross that. Someone basically spied on her because she left her laptop open, so the webcam basically fed into her hotel room. So someone basically watched her for like an entire day or whatever. 
overheard a private conversation on the phone about, you know, something to the effect of ESPN can go F themselves in a way because she's not giving up her spot for the colleague that they wanted to replace her with because of skin color and whatever because she earned the right and it was in her contract. She basically, basically, and she had receipts and texts to prove it. So ESPN looks horrible in this. And at the time, I was like, nah, Rachel Nichols. And then we kind of clowned her because, like, the Jimmy Butler thing and the bubble, yada, yada, yada. But she was quiet and came out pretty good at the end of it. I mean, she looked like she bounced on her feet and now is doing a podcast with Showtime. So There's three um, three sides to a story, the, the two sides and then the truth. Um, I think that she's probably hiding something when she paints herself out to be this great person. But, I mean, I do believe that she sent – she said she sent flowers to Maria Taylor when Maria was Maria Taylor, her. yes. So – the thing that I did think, and I never thought about this before, Maria Taylor was primarily college football for the most part. Um, they never would have asked Reese Davis to step down from his position. Exactly. On game day. And I thought that was a great point by by, um, her, yeah. by Nichols. And she wanted to bring the same crew with her to you know the NBA from the jump to the uh, countdown or whatever. I don't know. I think it, it's, it's a bad look by ESPN. I understand why they did it, but I think it's more of this virtue signaling stuff where when all the Floyd stuff happened, every company tried to make, you know, you know, African-Americans more prominent. Yeah. I think that's what ESPN was trying to do there because they have a long history of being, you know, racist and sexist in the workplace. Um, so I think it was just ESPN trying to cover cover their butts, but I don't know. I, I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think it was fair. Let's put it that way. The, the yeah. public, got, the way they painted her wasn't fair either, but I don't think it was fair the way they made it happen. So uh, I'm glad, I'm glad she spoke. I would love to hear Maria Taylor's side of it. ESPN's a big loser in all this because they lost Rachel Nichols, who was great for them, and Maria Taylor left them with NBC. So, yeah. So, who's the loser now? now you got Malika, and now you got Malika Andrews, who everybody freaking hates. Yeah. So, honestly. So, RIP ESPN. Um, honestly. Um, next, uh, the celebrity boxing takes another uh, big news. Retired MMA fighter Uriah Hall will step out of retirement and he will box Le'Veon Bell on the Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva card this October 29th. Any thoughts? Um, I'm tired of these things. I want. I, I, I'm. I'm more in favor of my domestic abuse NFL bracket than I am these things. <laughs> so uh, I'm kind of tired of these. Uh, Blake yeah. Martinez being signed by the Raiders, and so is Albert Wilson. I like it. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. Home. I just put it on this guy. Pause. He is no slouch. Uriah Hall is a savage, and he's still young. He's in his I don't know why Lady Bell is doing this. Money. Yeah, I guess so. In notoriety. I mean, he could have gotten the money if he just signed with the Steelers when he had the chance. All right. Or the Eagles. Yeah. But it w- is. W's and L's, do you have any this week? Or this half of the week? Mm. It's always weird with the Friday because I never have anything. Nah, not really. Uh, my W is just going to be the Mariners getting into the playoffs. Oh, the yes. The Phillies getting into the playoffs. And me, because I get to hear Michael <laughs> K call the Phillies game. So, I think you were very happy that the... <laughs> That the Phillies got in when the Mar- when the Mariners did because man we would be holding that longest drought title. Take it any longer. Uh, 2014, <laughs> the last is now the longest drought. The Detroit Tigers and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim are now the two longest droughts in Major League Baseball. It's crazy. 2001 for the Mariners, 21 years. Phillies 11, and then now it's uh, it's eight for well it'll be nine by the time next playoff comes around for the Angels and Tigers. So. Man, if only the Angels can get a break and get two generational world talents on the same t- in the same team at the same. If time. If only they could get big free agents to sign their like 
three times in, in five years. Yeah, just Anthony and, uh, Rendon, and maybe if they had like some kind of like future Hall of Fame coach or a proven winner, like I don't know, like a Joe Madden or something like that. It'd be crazy if, if Albert Pujols went there in his prime. What do you think would happen? Right. Josh Hamilton followed, and then they got Anthony Rendon off a of World Series title. That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? And then they yeah. signed the hottest free agent in the history of sports with um, with Joey Otani. I don't know. Yeah, but you no, know, we live in a fantasy world. Maybe they'll It'll catch a break happen. sometime. Maybe they'll catch a break. <laughs> All right. Um, Fast food draft. We're going back to the well this time, not the location, but more of the food specific items themselves. So you got to limit myself here. So last <laughs> week we did uh, we did five rounds where we picked um, places. Yeah. Now we're going to pick specific foods from places. Now I am going to hamstring myself a little bit more. I'm not allowing myself to pick more than one item from each place. So. If you pick a uh, crunch wrap, you can also pick a uh, a Doritos Logos taco. Oh, dare you! Oh. I mean, you can do it. I don't care, but I'm going to keep myself. I'm going to I'm going to be disciplined. I'll, 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 I, I do not rack a discipline. I'll play with the same rules. Okay, I'll play with the same rules. It will be easy. Well, not easy, but yeah, this eh. won't be too hard for me. I don't really like multiple things from these places anyway. All right, all right. Would you like to lead off this week? No, so, no. you let off. I let off last week because I had the the shocker with Cadoba. Took uh, you took he, Anthony Bennett first overall. And you took the layup. <laughs> I I took Jamarcus Russell, and you went whoever went second in that. Cal, you went Calvin Johnson. So, so my mine is so Chick Fil A is going to close doors very soon with no notice, just like Calvin <laughs> Johnson did. So I get the first pick this week. Yes. I have to. I have to understand. I have to think that you won't pick the same things as me, so I can save my things for later on. Yeah. Um, conventional wisdom take, tells everybody that Big Mac is minus fifteen hundred to go first overall in this, but it's not. Ooh. With the pick in the fast food items draft, um, Team Rob, Team Glutton <laughs> takes the uh, the spicy sandwich from Chick Fil A. God damn. All right. All right. It's not a good look for me already. Not a good look. Not a good look. So Chipotle, I mean, Chick-fil-A is off the board. All right. I mean, you can use Chick-fil-A, but there might not be anything else from there that you like. I we'll go, we'll I'll, do I'll the come top back to five. It. We'll do top to five it. worst next week when we take the grilled nuggets. <laughs> um, With my number one pick, do I just go for the, the jugular? Ah, I got it. Give me a sausage, egg, cheese, add the bacon McGriddle from McDonald's. That's my number one. That is a staple anytime I work overtime in the morning. When I leave your place at 8 a.m. to make it the 9 a.m., I stop by at Walmart. I mean, not Walmart. Stop by at McDonald's. We're not getting them at Walmart. (laughs) Well, they used to be McDonald's at Walmart back in the day, the good old days. You remember? Oh, I'm showing my age. Remember Subway there? I'm showing my age. Yes, there's well one down here anyway. It would be one entrance. When you walk in, cashiers on the left. It's the normal setup on this side anyway. If you go up and make a right, there's a McDonald's, a full layout McDonald's on that side. I'm showing my age, but anyway, McDonald's sausage, egg, cheese, McGriddle at the bacon, and obviously a meal. But if we're doing one food. That's my go-to at McDonald's. Hey, we are uh, we're scoreless in the second inning for uh, Cleveland and Tampa. Um, 
with my second pick. I am not going to overthink this one. Be a shocker. People will not like this pick. I'm going to be picking an item from McDonald's as well. Okay. But. Okay. Big Mac. You can't sleep on a Big Mac. That's a classic. It was better. Tastes like real food. Quarter pounder with cheese. Ooh. I have never had a quarter pounder. All right. My number two pick. See, you went back to back. I'm building a meal here. Oh, so you're going. Okay. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. Um, give me Chick-fil-A's mac and cheese. Give me a plethora of sauces, and I'm shaking that bitch up. You do the mac where you get the nuggets and the mac and cheese, and you throw the buffalo in there, and you just shake it all up. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is... If you haven't tried that, if anyone listening, if you haven't tried that, you're missing out. It is god, and add some fries in there. Forget about it. This is where it's going to kind of go sideways for me because I don't really eat most of these other places. Um, oh, dude, I'm locked. I'm good. Go with trap. Uh, <clears throat> I know that's the thing everybody likes at Taco Bell, but that's not. Can we? Your audio broke up. We use foods that don't exist anymore. Can we use, is it just current? Yeah, you can do. Cause they can always come back. Like give me, give me, I'm gonna go with the Angry Whopper. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, number three for me. Right from the bottom of the barrel now. Not at all. Number three for me. We're doing restaurants as well, or just fast food. Is there, it can't use like um. We can do like, chains then. Yeah, chains and stuff. Alright, number three, number three. The original chicken sandwich from Burger King. That right there, my friend. More bang for your buck. The one of the long roll? Yes. And if you add bacon on it, you're a king. Oh, oh, I got I, this is a layoff for me. Give me the baconator. Damn it. Alright. Now now I'm now I'm fooked. Yeah, I, I'm going. Bon Sosa McGuire Judge, one through four here on <laughs> no, my you're side. Not. No, you're not. Don't do that to yourself. Uh, number four, Crunchwrap <laughs> Supreme from Taco Bell. See, I don't like the Crunchwrap. Otherwise, I would pick that. But That is, I mean, go-to at Taco Bell. My number five is such an easy one. I'm so That's why I l- l- normally would have been like a top two. When I but I know that Cod- it's not on your list. When I take a burrito from Cordova, then um, let's go. What's another... I'm surprised you didn't even hit Godova. I'm going to leave him there for a bit. I'm going to go with... Got another house for sale on the block. Um, uh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe I move. We said Wawa doesn't count. Otherwise, I'd take the Sizzly. Yeah, you can, you can put uh, Wawa. Nah, it feels like too easy of a pick. Um, <laughs> I did have chicken parm from Wawa, but I'm like, eh. Chicken oh, bar. like in the little thing, little container? No. Sandwich? Yeah, you can order it on the oh, kiosk. Fuck. Chicken barn. Your salad's taking an hour to make, but the salads are pretty good, too. Yeah. Um, Extra chicken. Double the protein. Rob is struggling here. 
This is your fourth pick or your fifth? Fifth one. Ooh, that's why. Well, I mean, you already lost this one, so. Excuse me? <laughs> Are you a curveball? What's up? Give me the breakfast crunch wrap from Taco Bell. <laughs> nice. Okay, okay. Uh, number five. Yes, here. God damn it. This is a tough Yes, one. here. When you come up with it, I'm, I, I want to guess. Because if you're going to use, are you doing a restaurant or a, a, a little place like here? Um, It's two fast foods and one restaurant chain. I'm deciding between the three for my fifth slot. Restaurant chain is definitely the boneless wings from Applebee's. No. But you did get Applebee's correct. <laughs> Whiskey burger from Applebee's then. <laughs> yes. Oh really? It's well. I had whiskey burgers <laughs> slash wonton tacos. See, I've never oh, had those, but that, that's probably they're really good. Real good. But whiskey burgers. It's, it's only like three, but yeah, whiskey burger is unreal. So you got it. You hit there one you already. The other one is Popeyes Cajun fries. Throw some honey on it. Dude, their rice is not bad either. I haven't had that. It's pretty good. And then uh, Wendy's pretzel. Excuse me. Pretzel bacon pub cheeseburger. Jesus Christ, I forgot about that. It's it is bomb. There's no business being as good as it is. Exactly for Wendy's. It's so good. It's so got I'm, that like it's got that sauce on it. Oof. Oh man. See. If there were still two gallbladders in this house, we'd be eating Wendy's for lunch, but <laughs> we can't right now. <laughs> All right. I let off with breakfast. Then I went to Chick-fil-A to get me some mac and cheese. Went to Burger King to get me a sandwich. Then Taco Bell to just be stuffing my face with some salad in there with a Crunchwrap Supreme. What's sour cream in that thing? I don't. I try to put li- low, not too much. I like sour cream. I tell I them light on the sour un- cream. Unnecessary fucking fat and calories. Give me, fuck man, uh, fuck it. I'm just gonna go with Applebee's wonton tacos. They slap. I'm telling you, they're so good. Or so five. You gave me some sleepers, whereas I went and I picked all the big names everybody knows. I like I picked like LeBron and Russell West. I'm like I'm the Lakers. I picked you all the, the big Lakers. names that might not be good. Whereas you pick you're you're the Thunder where or the 2020 Thunder when they were in the bubble. And they had Dennis Schroeder and Shea Gilders Alexander and Chris Paul. And Dort. Yeah. <laughs> now let's just uh so a Chick fil A spicy sandwich is uh is a five out of five. McGriddle's yes. about a one and a half out of five. Um, How fucking dare you? Quarter pounder is a five out of five. Chick Fil A Mac is like a two and a half out of five because it's not a meal. Uh, Angry Whopper is a ten out of five. BK Chicken Sandwich is boring, so it's a one out of five. Okay. I don't. Really, I don't disagree. If I were to eat all of these, I would die. If you ate all of yours, you wouldn't die. True. You were very sensible about it. Yes, I'm for the people here. I'm for the just missed for me the, the bacon egg and cheese on a bagel from uh, McDonald's. Very good. Oh, um, the spicy sandwich from Popeye's very good. Boneless wings from Applebee's, the whiskey bacon burger from Applebee's, and and uh, also the Bourbon Street chicken and shrimp. That's an underrated. That's a sleeper, dude. They have a bruschetta chicken pasta at Applebee's. It's very good. The frosty from Wendy's. I think I've ever had a frosty. It's good. Because the milkshake from Chick-fil-A is a little too thick. 
It also hey gets God. you sick. It gets I'm me not sick big on time. having like ice cream with my meals. So like the, that Dessert. type of stuff I'm kind of out on. Yeah, it just fills me too quickly. Yeah, it, it makes me feel sluggish afterwards. But yeah, overall, like, decent list. Like, so the, uh, the I don't know if they still have it anymore. Cause it's been like a couple of years since I had the Chick-fil-A breakfast. But I used to get the uh, the chicken sandwich on a bagel and, or, and I would get egg with it. Probably chicken and egg on a bagel, phenomenal. <laughs> I haven't had it in a while. And then the chicken menus are fire too. Chick fries, chicken fries. Fuck me, that was that's number six. <laughs> that's my Tom Brady in the sixth round. <laughs> it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be dressed up pretty classy. Bad news, I've officially run out of uh, of space in my binder, so I can't fit any more of my rundowns in the binder. But I will be buying another binder soon. Uh, I thought you were gonna say this at the end of the podcast. It's been a good journey. <laughs> That's the reason. <laughs> Our last episode was the dawn of Red October. <laughs> Watch the Phillies, the Phillies win the World Series. We never talk about it. <laughs> uh, no, we never go back on the air. Here it is. Game seven of the Phillies. We'll see you next week and then just be out. Soprano style. All right, guys. This has been episode 75 of the Peter Pod. 76, excuse me. 76ers, look at that. This has been the Red October episode of the PA Turn Pod. Enjoy the baseball, everybody. Hopefully you guys enjoyed game one of the wild card round. And we'll see you for the divisional matches. I'm pretty sure they're probably already started by the time we record next week. Right, Rob? They will be set to begin. So, oh, yeah, no, no, you're right. They would start on Tuesday. So we will be basically breaking down... Obviously, what happened over the weekend, and obviously the first couple games of the divisional round. Hopefully, the, hopefully the Yankees are up two nothing or one nothing at that point. Hopefully, the Phillies sweep the Cardinals. Yes, hopefully we're talking about Atlanta versus Phillies, which is hope not. I'm so bored of them. My, my my nightmare is facing Atlanta and then facing the Mets first time in the playoffs in a hundred years, and they take on teams they faced twenty times already this season. But it's just so boring. It's so uh, boring though. It's boring, yes, but also for a fan. We could actually go to those games. What's well, for the Atlanta uh, one? Yeah, City Field. Of, not scared of the Mets, but I, I, the Braves scare me to death. Oh yeah, they scare me the, the bejesus out of me. But all right, guys, have a great and safe weekend. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy football. Sports Equinox is coming soon, ladies and gentlemen. Almost here. It's almost here. Adios, everyone. Hey, uh... <laughs>